Uh, if you don't have one of these yet, make sure you pick up one on your way out. And these are your prayer journals. Uh, it is our gift to you, absolutely free. And we believe that next year is going to be an amazing year. For many of you, 2023 was an amazing year. For some of you, you found hope. <coughs> hope in 2023 began to be your church, and you started to hear the word of God in a way like you've heard it never before. Not that it wasn't preached to you before, but you just maybe weren't part of a church or weren't part of a church that preached the uncompromised word of God. You weren't part of a church that was alive and you started coming to our church and your whole world was rocked. And so we thank God for that. But how many know, even if that's you, how many know there's higher places for us to go in the things of God? For others of you, 2023 was a very challenging year. And there was uh, pitfalls and turmoil and challenges. And to you, I say, hey, we're proud of you for being here. God spoke to me this morning and he, and he just reminded me to remind the people, you know what? Yeah, maybe you're not perfect. Maybe you're going through some things. Maybe you're, thank you. Maybe you're going through some challenges. Maybe, maybe like, like me. Here, here's my testimony. Failure, 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 failure. But here's also my testimony. Fail, get back up on the horse. 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 I'm not failing no more. Now, I'm not saying in all my areas are like that because I still have a history and I'm still working through some things. How am I working through some things in your life? What I'm saying to you, I don't know who this is for. Somebody said, uh, uh, one of the saints of God that prays with us in the morning, at, at 6.30 in the morning, she shared this, is this passage in Philippians chapter 3. And she shared this. Um, you know what, in Philippians, Paul says, one thing I do, I look forward to the thing in front of me. And I heard God say as I, as I was driving to church this morning, remind people. Because you're going to have people that come in the first and the second service. You're going to have people that come for in Spanish and in English. And you're going to have people and they're going to have a history. And they're going to feel like they just keep on trying, but they keep on failing. That there's sin in your life. There's sin specifically. You know it's not pleasing God. And you want to get rid of it. And you've been trying, but you've been failing. And I want to tell you this morning, you're here, aren't you? Why, why, why is it that I failed and failed and failed and failed, or to say it in a better way, why is it that in this certain area in my life that I walk in victory now when I never did before? How come that is? Here's how come. Because there was something inside of me that even though I failed, got back up on the horse and said, you know what? I desire to walk in righteousness. Do you understand? See, Satan wants to just beat you up. He is, the Bible says, he's the accuser of the brethren. Satan is such, he's so, he's so disgusting. He'll tempt you to do something wrong, and then when you do it, then he'll criticize you for doing that thing that he tempted you to do. And you've got to understand the heart of God. God is completely, totally for you. And that thing inside of you, that is here today, that thing inside of you that caused me to keep on getting back up on the horse, what was that? That was God. Guys, understand, God is inside of you. If you're born again, you know what? There, listen, you're going through some process, but you love Jesus. That's why you're here. Amen? And so I just want to share with you, you know what? What I share with you all the time, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Now, I'm not encouraging you to, to play around with sin. 
You know what? Don't call sin not sin. Call it what it is. And you know what? And learn to hate it. I said learn to hate it. Okay? But, but don't beat yourself up today. Today you're going to be given a prayer journal. And <coughs> by faith, here's what, I, here's what I anticipate that's going to happen. Tomorrow you're going to wake up. And in all your busyness of, of all the things that you want to do and plan to, tomorrow, here's what I believe. I believe that every single one of you, your prayer journal, and you're going to put your phone <coughs> in another room. You know what? And you're going to spend 20 minutes with God. And here's what I believe. I believe that God will talk to you. No, let me make a correction. I don't believe that. I know that God will talk to you. And let me that I know that God will talk to you because God is a relational God. Amen? He's not standing at the door and knocking to come in and look at you. He wants to come and talk to you. He wants to, the King James says he wants to up with you. It means he wants to have a meal with you. He wants to hang out with you. He's relational. That's how our God is. And so... I believe that, and here's what I know about God. The Bible says that anyone who asks receives. Anyone who asks, the door will be opened. Anyone who, who will open up their sins tomorrow. See, what does it take? You know what it takes? It takes for you to humble out and say, I need God in my life. Now, we know this corporately. How many know we know this corporately? Corporately, that's why you're here. How many know? How many enjoy the presence of God in the last half hour? You just, oh man, that's so sweet. But one of the things that we need to teach and we're teaching at Hope is that our corporate encounters need to go into a personal encounter. Our weekly encounters need to go into a daily encounter. Does this make sense? And here's what, here's what I trust, that every single one of you is going to take this little prayer journal and you're going to get alone with God tomorrow and you're going to open it up and you're going to see the first page it says hearing God today God said dot 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 and you're going to pray to God and you're going to pray for whatever things concern you you know what maybe you're going to pray for your kids Maybe you're going to pray for your grandkids. Maybe you're going to pray for your wife. Maybe you're going to pray for your husband. Maybe you're going to pray for your grandkids. Maybe you're going to pray for your job. Maybe you're going to pray for all these things that concern you. Maybe you're going to pray for your pastor. I hope you pray for your pastors. Maybe you're going to pray for your pastors. But after you get done praying, before the 20 minutes is up, before 20 minutes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be real quiet. And I want you to allow God to speak to you. And when he speaks, and he will speak. And when he speaks, and he will speak. And when he speaks, he will speak. Okay. You're going to hear him. And when you hear him, you're going to write down what he says to you. Now, watch this. Now, your life is different. Why? Because now, you're living a life Dependent on God, not inter, not 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 dependent on God. Does that make sense? See, imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine a day. Look at your neighbor and say, "I know you can't relate to any of this." What he's going to say? Come on, say that to your neighbor. I know you cannot relate to anything he's about to say. <coughs> okay, but when you wake up and you get up like maybe happened to you in 2023, maybe when you get up and you get up and you, and you grab your coffee and you grab your muffin and you head out the, the door and you put on something on the radio. Can I tell you what? I hope you pray on the way to work, but I would say pray for 20 minutes before you go to work. Uh, I'm just saying. You know what? Listen to... I'm on the way to, to your work when you're driving. But I'm just saying, spend 20 minutes alone with God, even before you're driving. He's got your undivided attention. Okay. 
But when, when you don't do that, here's what happens. Here's what happens when you don't. You are going to live dependent on how intelligent you are. How many would raise your hand and say, we got, <laughs> Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> how many would recognize, man, we got a problem. And yet, in Christianity, isn't that, to be honest with you, I did a, I did a funeral the other day, and, and I was just <clears throat> honest with these people. And here's what I said. I said, I've lived years and years. I accepted Christ before. You said, what day did you accept Christ? I don't even know what day I accepted Christ. Because for me, it wasn't like one day I wasn't saved and one day I was. I was raised in the church. So I just, I do remember when I got baptized. I remember that was a very significant time in my life. But I wasn't like unsaved and then I got saved. I just was always loved Jesus. So, um, but here's what I Here's what I recognized for many years in my Christian life. I enjoyed a relationship with God corporately on Sunday and Wednesday. But I didn't develop a personal relationship with God that I had a daily relationship with God. Does that make sense? And it's, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I'm just going to tell you the truth because that's how I lived my life. Did I love God? I, I would say, yeah, I love God. But was I dependent upon God? No, I, I was, to be honest with you, we'll look at it in a minute. I was really walking in a high degree of pride. Because when you get up every morning, day after day, week after week, month after month. And how many know we, our life consists of days? How many know our life consists of Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and then we start compounding that, and that becomes a week, and that becomes a month, and that becomes a year, and that becomes our life. And that's my life. My life was really a, 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 a testimony of not a dependency upon God, but a independency of God. Now, I experienced God, and I loved God, and I would come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, and but as far as a personal daily encounter with God where God was leading me. God didn't lead me. I led me. Do you understand that? I led me. And how many know that led me to make some big mistakes in my life? Why? Because it was all about how many know and how many know sometimes when you're living a life like that, you don't live a life sensitive to the spirit. You live a life sensitive to your flesh. How many know your flesh can be dominated in that life? Even if you're going to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. And I believe that tomorrow is going to be different. That tomorrow is going to be the first day of the rest of your life and you're going to spend 20 minutes. Now, if you want to spend more than 20 minutes, man, go at it. I spend more than 20 minutes, and I'm not saying that as a pat on my back. I'm just saying that because it really, I, I really can't fit in what I do in 20 minutes. So, but let's try to start with 20. Can we do that? <coughs> so I've, I've got a couple points uh, that I want to just go over with you. One you know what, you've heard this, you know, it's not about you, you know what I mean? And we say, yeah, amen, amen. It's not, and we understand that what the pastor, what the preacher is trying to do is say, hey, you know what, it's, you got to, in, in your Christianity, we've got to live a life where we care about other people. We understand that, right? But can I be honest with you? The truth is, it's all about you. For God, you know what, guys in the back, well, let me make my point my first point first, um, you are the focus. You are the focus. God gave his son so you could be with, uh, so he could be with you. That's why his son was given. Because 
before his son was given, before his son died on the cross, before he rose from the dead, mankind was on this side and God was on this side. And no matter how much God loved mankind, there was a problem. It was a sin problem. Can I tell you what? God isn't changing heaven. Heaven is going to be perfect. There's going to be no sickness. There's going to be no disease. There's going to be no pain. There's going to be no bitterness. There's going to be no anger. There's going to be no attitude. How many know nobody's copping an attitude in heaven? So, man, Peter ticks me off. You know, he walks around like he's all that in a bag of chips. How many know that is not going to happen in heaven? Amen? And how many know that's a good thing? Except for you. Because how many of you got some attitudes sometimes? And how many, how many, how wow. How many know, how many have, sometimes have a bad hair day? You know what I mean? You know, you have a bad hair day with your attitude. That's not going to be allowed in heaven. You know what? So we got a problem. But guess who comes, steps forward to the plate? Jesus steps forward to the plate and he says, hey, listen, I know they got a problem. I'm going to solve their problem. I'm going to be sin for them. I'm going to take their sin on my life and I'm going to die for it. So now, Jesus, they can become like prayed every morning. It's part of part of what I do. You know what? That he who knew no sin became sin for me, that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am going to, when I die, I'm going to sit before God and God's going to look at me and say, Drew, let me tell you about you. You are sinless. And you are, and you're all going to look at God and go, what you talking about? I mean, I've been around him. He is a lot of things, but he's not sinless. And then Jesus is going to look at you and say, uh, yes, he is. Because I became sin for him. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, why did God send his son? For God so loved the world. That was you. If it wasn't for you, God wouldn't have sent his son. You were the purpose. John chapter 14. Same thing, just says it in a different way, but it's so good. Jesus says this. This is Jesus. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. Watch this. Next verse. Next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Can I tell you what? Listen, church. Jesus Christ is coming again. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I've heard so much prophetic in the last month about stuff happening in 2024. You said, Pastor, is Jesus coming back in 2024? That's not what I said, but here's what I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. That we are one day closer to the coming of the Lord than we were yesterday. That is factual. And anyone with any degree of spirituality, anyone with any degree of understanding in the spiritual realm. You know, Jesus said, you know what? You're not going to know the hour and the day. But you know, Jesus, he, he, he ripped on the people because the people didn't understand the season. You know what he says? He says, even the farmer can tell when it's going to rain. How is it that they're able to distinguish, you know what, these things, but you as spiritual people aren't able to distinguish this? We should know. 
We shouldn't be caught off guard. We should be ready for the coming of the Lord. We should be so aware that he is coming. And I will tell you, and I don't know when, and I'm not going to say a date, and I'm not going to say a year. Here's what I know prophetically, that there are going to be some things that are happening. I just heard someone say the other day, and I don't listen to all the, half of these people. You know what? They just, all they're just trying to do is just get you to click on them. You know what? So many of them are self-righteous. They have a self-righteousness, and it's disgusting. It's so not the Spirit of God. But I'm hearing God speak and say very clearly that there, listen to me. Somebody please listen to me. Here, this isn't prophetic. This is just Bible. You know, can I tell you what? The, The people that I trust in the prophetic are people like Pastor George that I know are in the word all the time. That I know are in the word all the time. The word is the standard for the prophetic. It is the standard for the prophetic. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you the prophetic. I'm going to tell you what is concrete, that we know for sure, the word. The Bible says that that as the day approaches, what is the day approaching that that uh, Hebrews is talking about. He's talking about the day when Christ is going to return. That you should not, that you should make sure you are gathering with believers. Amen? Not forsaking the gathering of the brethren. Amen? Why? Because, now, now, now I'm going to tell you what I hear God saying. That there is so much, again, this is the word, there is so much, there will be so much misunderstanding and misinformation. Satan is the deceiver. And he is coming to deceive. And many people who aren't close to their pastors that God has called to be their overseers are going to get so far outside the will of God and so outside and they will think that they are doing right but they are so far outside the will of God. There's got to be, we cannot, listen to me church, we cannot live lives anymore with this uh, dependency on ourselves. We can't live a life. Listen, I want you to be in touch. I want you to be connected. I want you to come every Sunday and every Wednesday. Every Sunday and every Wednesday. Pastor, you think I should come every Sunday and every Wednesday? Yes, can I say it again? Every Sunday and every Wednesday, amen? Or every Sunday and every Monday. Do you understand? But, but God is looking for him not only to speak to you through the leadership of the church, but God is looking for you to be in his word, that he is speaking to you directly on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, that you are spending 20 minutes and praying to God and then shutting up and allowing him to tell you, stop. And I'm telling you what, He thinks you are all that in a bag of chips. And he is willing to go to the cross. That's what going to, I go to prepare a place. This is, this scripture is before the cross. He's not up there in heaven putting crown molding and chair rail up for you. I'm not saying that we won't live in amazing places. Can I tell you what? God is going to prepare a place for us. God loves you. Amen. Amen. How many had some good food for Christmas? How many had some good food for Christmas? AJ, what what did you have for Christmas? We had a ham. Ham? And tamales. Were they good, AJ? Who else had who else had something good? Ray, come on, now you got all shy. What'd you, what would you have? Tamales. Who else had? Did you have something good? Pasole. 
Papa Sole. What do you have? Oh, chicken pot pie. Amen. I used to hate chicken pot pies. I hated chicken pot pies. You, you all know why I hated chicken pot pies, right? Who knows why I hated chicken pot pies? Who knows? Raise your hand if you know why. Man, look at Tamara, look at this. Hardly nobody raising their hand. Okay. Here's why I hated chicken pot pies. One word, Swanson, that's why. Swanson ought to repent. Amen. How are you going to have a chicken pot pie and not have no chicken in it? Amen? My, 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 I, you know what? You don't know this. I, growing up, I, I didn't even know when I was a kid. We were so poor. We were poor. Poor. No, I, I lived in a Christian household, and, and, and God was so good to us. He always provided for us, so I didn't even know that we were poor. But we were, now I look back, and I'm like, oh, you cats, we were poor. I remember, this is a true story, I remember going to bed hungry. That's how bad the chicken pot pies were. <laughs> like, man, I tell you what, mom, I, I know I'm poor and I know I'm hungry, but I still can't stand this, man. This is bad. You know what I mean? I would get all happy when my dad would go to the grocery store, amen? Because he'd buy some Twinkies and donuts or something. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that was good food. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... I got all happy. You know what? My mom said, oh, dad went to the store. I was like, yes, dad went to the store. We finally get something good to eat. <clears throat> but we were so poor. Why were we so poor? Well, that's another preacher, but that's another subject. But, but the reason why um, we, were on, we, we, were, we were on a budget. My mom had a budget. And chicken pot pies were were, you know what, were 13 cents, 13 cents, so she would buy the pies, you know what I mean, and oh, what do we, and I remember, I remember this as a kid, I remember, I remember my mom, it's like, oh, what are we eating tonight, oh, chicken pot pies, it's like, oh, man, I'm gonna be hungry, you know what I mean, This is true story. I remember, you know, it's like there was a whole set. You know, it's like spaghetti. Yes, spaghetti. It's good food. You know what I mean? Round steak. Oh, man, I'm going to go hungry again. Round steak. You know what round steak? Round steak is, this, it, round steak is, is, is a synonym for you should have thrown the meat away. You know what? My mom had this tenderizer. You know what this tenderizer was? It was a hammer with these claws in it that you just beat the tar out of it. You know what I mean? Just beat it into, and it made it, it's supposed to make it tender. It's just it's like, I don't, you know what, whatever. You know, my mom saved money from going to a gym, you know, and she just would tenderize the meat. That was her workout. And then I went to, I, went, I, I, I wasn't hungry one day. My friend uh, 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 Lambert, what was his first name? Dr. Lambert. Anyway, he took me to, uh, to Marie Callender's. And I wasn't hungry, and I thought, oh, and he ordered a pot pie. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I ordered a pot pie. I like tasted this pot pies. It was like, oh my goodness, pot pies are good. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they put chicken in pot pies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? I say all that. You ever ate something and, and tell me if you know what I'm talking about? You take a bite of it and you just go, oh, that's good. You know what I mean? That for, it's just like, oh, <coughs> Tamara made some tacos uh, yesterday morning. And, and as soon as I bit her, I was like, oh, that's good. Can I tell you what that is? Can I tell you what it is? That's God wowing you. That, that's exactly what that is. Years ago, I was just walking, and I saw this yellow flower. And it was brilliant yellow, just brilliant, bright yellow. And right in the middle of the flower, there was this, these, these, 
these like white, these, these brilliant red dots. And right in the middle of this brilliantly yellow flower, and it was so striking. I'm just walking, and I was like, stop. I'm like, Tamara, do you see that? What's that for? That's God just going, hey, here you go. The other day, the other day we were we were in service and they started frying the bacon. How many smelled the bacon? God is so good. See, this and, and we just we get so used to all the blessings that God gives us. We just we just think, oh yeah, that's part of uh, uh that's part of um um you know what. Uh, just happenstance. No, that's not happenstance. That's a creator God creating stuff. Indiv- I mean, you know, I, I, I wanted to have a picture of, of Nijah. Just Nijah comes up to me and he just is in my face. He's like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Look at me. I'm here. I love you. Who did that? God. See, because let me tell you what let me tell you what God's into. God is into you. God is into you. And so there's a, there's a scripture. It's in Revelation. You know it. I quote it all the time. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God stands at the door. And he knocks. And we as pastors have taken a scripture, and a great scripture, yeah, here it is, Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my, oh, this is so good. If anyone what? Hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Now, we use this scripture, and it's, and I'm not saying that, like, theologically, it's like, we're going to go to hell to use this scripture, as a proof text to ask people to ask Jesus inside their heart. Can I tell you what? You've got to begin a relationship with God somewhere. That's all pastors are doing when they say, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you'd like to accept Jesus Christ in your heart, you know what? Say this simple prayer after me. And they might even quote the scripture, God is standing at the door knocking. Please open that door. to Open the door to your heart. And there's nothing I believe wrong with saying it. It just... Just so you know, but that's not what this verse is talking about. It's not talking about the initial relationship of beginning, starting a relationship with God. That's not this scripture. This is a scripture where it's talking about already a relationship with God. Here's what this scripture is talking about. This scripture is about talking and knocking on the door and saying, saying, saying to Georgie, hey, Georgie, hey, Georgie, here's, here's what. Here's what God is going to do. Here's what this scripture is applying to Georgie's life. Here's he's saying. He's saying, hey, Georgie, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow, but tomorrow, you know what? I've got some time, and I wonder if you have time for me because I want to have coffee with you. Now, can I tell you what? God doesn't care about coffee. He doesn't care about a donut. He doesn't care about a carne asada. He doesn't, it, does, it just, listen, he doesn't care about breaking bread. He will, break, he will eat with whatever you put in front of him. It's just about coming up with an excuse to hang out with you. Does that make sense? When I first invited Tamara out on a date, you know this. I don't know if you know. How many know where I took Tamara on our first date? Raise your hand if you know. See, Tamara, they don't know these stories. I was, I was, you know where I took her? You know where I took her? Okay. So don't tell anybody. So I I wanted to impress my wife, you know, and you know, and you know, I've always had big bucks. You know, you know that, right? Always, always, you know, I came from a wealthy family. Okay. You know now. Okay. So, uh, so I really wanted to impress her. So I took her to that uh, French restaurant, Tamiz. Yeah, I took her to Tommy's. And um, 
But how many know, I didn't take her to Tommy's because I wanted to eat with her at Tommy's. I just wanted to be with her. I didn't care. We could eat a burger. We could eat lasagna. It didn't make any difference. That was just an excuse to be able to be with her. Do you understand? This scripture, God is just standing at the door knocking. He just wants you to come in and invite him in. Tomorrow, here's what's going to happen. God is going to stand at the door and knock. God has sent me to give you this message right now, supernaturally, that he wants to hang out with you for 20 minutes tomorrow. And he's got time for you. But can I tell you about God? God if you're too busy for God tomorrow, you know what he says? What can I do? What can I do? Now, Tamar tells this story. I don't believe it. Somebody say, Pastor, we don't believe it either. Come on, somebody help me preach this. Say, Pastor, we don't believe it either. Come on, come on, somebody help me. Come on, support your pastor. Say, Pastor, we don't believe it either. Come on, some of you are a little bit too reluctant on that. Tamara tells a story about, you know what, that she didn't even like me. How many know, you know what, I, I, I had, I, <laughs> I had, Girlfriends that didn't like me so much. Say, Pastor, I really don't believe that. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, to all those girls, I say, Sayonara. <laughs> because at some point in time, Tamara started to really, really like me. Do you understand that? Can I tell you about God? God loves you so much that when his father said, there's no other way, you got to go to the cross, Jesus got up from the ground and told the apostles, hey guys, we got to go. He was so powerful that when the, that legion came up to take Jesus and they all were slain in the spirit, all on their face. Jesus was the one who reminded them, read it, and said, hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, who are you guys here for? When the, when the Roman leader said, don't you understand you're not talking to me? Don't you understand who can take your life? Jesus says to him, are you kidding me? My father is the one who gave you the power that you have to be in your position anyway. You can't take my life. No one took Jesus' life. He laid it down for you and me. And that same Jesus is the same Jesus that tomorrow morning is going to be standing at the door and knocking and seeing, you know what? And this is crazy. This, I don't know who I'm speaking to. And even though you were too busy last month and too busy the month before and too busy the month before and too busy the month before and too busy the month before, you know what? This is the same God that's saying, he is, can I tell you what? God believes in you. He is sitting there saying, and you know what he thinks? He's sitting at the door and he's standing there knocking. And here's what he thinks. He thinks tomorrow is going to be the day that you say I got 20 minutes for you absolutely come on in and by the way my phone is so far away from me I don't care who calls me because right now nobody matters except you that's the God that we serve that's the God that we serve turn to the scripture in James let me show you one more scripture in James James chapter 4. 
Can I tell you what? How many need grace? How many need grace? How many need to, to can I tell you what grace is? Grace is the ability to, for you to, to live and move in a power that you don't have. How many know God never intended for you to live naturally? He intended for you to live supernaturally. Does this make sense? Paul says, why are you speaking to about one church? He says, why are you acting like mere men? God, he, you know what he says? He says, you will, you will step on a scorpion and it will by, not, by no means hurt you. You will drink deadly uh, poison and it won't hurt you. You will talk with new tongues. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. How many know what this is describing? This is describing supernatural living. God never intends for you to live supernaturally. He intends for you to live supernaturally. But to do that, you have to be dependent upon him. Who's our example? Jesus. Jesus empties himself of all heavenly privileges. Why does he do that? So he can act like you. So you and I can't say, man, Jesus, he could do all that stuff, but you know what? He was the son of God. No, he emptied himself. Philippians chapter 2, he emptied himself of all, of all heavenly privileges. That's why we're reading it in John. Jesus says, God is going to restore to me the glory that I once had. Okay. So what is Jesus? Now Jesus is just like you and I. He's a man dependent upon God. So what does he do? He goes to John the Baptist. And he said, John, he's like, baptize me. John's like, me baptize you? You ought to baptize me. John says, no, that the fulfillment of scripture might be fulfilled. Baptize me. John baptizes him. Then the power of the Holy Spirit, the God comes down on Jesus. You know what? Like a dove. You remember this? And you remember the Bible says it sat on him. What's, that's what God, what is God doing? Jesus is making time for God to anoint him. You know what you need? You need to be anointed by God. Amen? When do you need to be anointed by God? Tomorrow. You need to be anointed. You know what anointing means? It just means rubbing off. My wife wears beautiful perfumes. And I hug her. And I hug her. And I hug her. And then I walk away. And then sometimes you smell me. And you're like, man, what's one of the fragrances that you wear, Tamara? Coach. Like, "Mm, Drew, why do you... Why do you smell like coach? Because my wife has anointed me. It just, means, <laughs> it just means rubbing off. We need Jesus to rub off on us. Is this making sense? Who, who will he rub off on? Anyone who's got, come on. Somebody got 20 minutes tomorrow. I said somebody got 20 minutes tomorrow. He will rub off on you. He wants to rub off on you. He loves you. It's all about you. He did everything for you. And he stands at the door and he knocks. And he gives more grace. What's that? That's the ability. What's grace? Grace is this. God's supernatural ability for you to do things that you can't do by yourself. Who does he give that supernatural ability to? Watch what it says. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. You're too proud? Can I tell you what the form of pride comes in? How many know sometimes we don't see it because we don't see it for what it's worth because it's not bottled the way we think it should be bottled? Do you understand that? Do you ever see like Pepsi when they change their logo? They've had it for like 10 years and then they change their logo. How many know what I'm talking about? I worked in the grocery store for 25 years, so I, I'm mindful of this stuff. Or Coke, when they change their, you know, you're like walking by and you're like, oh, look. You know what I mean? 
Sometimes we don't recognize pride for what it is. Can I tell you what pride takes a form of? Your busyness. I heard somebody say this the other day. I thought this is good. He said, you are responsible for your pace. See, I don't, I don't, listen, I don't think most of us, if you didn't spend a lot of time with God in giving him daily time, I don't think it's because, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily, I, I, here's what I think it is. I think it's just because of your pace. You're just so busy. Now, watch this. How arrogant is it to say this? Because we'd never say it like this, but how many know our actions are really speaking for who we really are? You'd never say, I'm just too busy for God. I'm just, I'm busy, I'm busy. I'm, I'm too busy for God. You'd never say that. But can I tell you what your busyness shows? It's just your arrogance to recognize, you know what? You need God. Or you don't need God. So, so but, he gives, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives that. And listen, if you'll give him 20 minutes, all of a sudden you're going to. Last week, last, I'll give you a chair. Sorry. Last week, I did something as far as my scheduling was concerned. And I got myself in a bind. And I got myself in a bind and I couldn't figure out how to get out. And, and anybody been in that situation, situation like that? And I, I like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, can I do? Oh, I'll do this. Oh, I'll try this. I'll do, and everywhere I turned, I thought, I can't do that. I can't. Do it. it very much looked like a no situation. I'm like, is your life like that? Somebody. Okay. That's that's how I felt, but. Two days before, I make a point of spending time with God every single day. And two days before that, he just, he had just had one word for me. See, what I want you to do is, is I want you to pray for 20 minutes. But I really don't want you to pray for 20 minutes. I want you to look at your watch and pray for 10 minutes. And pray to God. Praise, you know, pray God for your spouse. And, and thank God for your kids. And pray, you know, pray for the things that concern you. Your job and, and you know, just issues. You know what I mean? But then, but don't pray the whole 20 minutes. Just pray 10 minutes. And then be quiet and let God speak to you. Because prayer is not about a, a one-way conversation. It's about a two-way conversation. And then when you're quiet, God will speak back to you and tell you something. So two days before the, <laughs> God spoke to me and he said, he said, uh, he just spoke he said this, he said, patience. And he said it in this way that was very soothing. Patience. Mm. You say, but, but pastor, I don't, I don't think that God speaks to me the way he speaks to you. He will. The same God that is out there at the door saying, do you hear my voice? When you open that door, you're already hearing his voice. He'll speak to you. See, see, I would argue the reason you have not is because you ask not. The Bible says anyone who knocks, the door will be open. Anyone who seeks, finds. Anyone. God has promised to speak to you. But if you're too busy for him, guess what he does? He resists you. He resists the proud, but he gives more grace, supernatural ability to the humble. Next verse, watch this, watch this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Resist the devil. It's the devil who's saying you're too busy for God. Resist that. Now watch this next verse. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. I'll share one more thing with you, and here's the reality. Think of this. The Bible says, tells George today, but he's telling it to all of you. If, if George, if you'll draw, he's standing at the door knocking. He stands at the door and knocks. 
He's not going to bust himself in. He's waiting for George to draw close to him. When George comes to the door and opens the door, then guess what God does? God draws close to George. Now, here's the thing. You say, yeah, but, but George has to initiate it. Initiate it. No, 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 no. God has already initiated this. He loved you before you ever loved him. See, how many know if, if Tamara keeps on saying, I'm not going to go out with you, I'm not going to go out with you, I'm not going to go out with you, I'm not going to go out with you. How many know if she says it long enough, like, oh, you know what? Uh, who's your wife? Tamara. You know what? Uh, has she ever gone out with you? No. You know what? She doesn't even think she's married to me, but she is. You know, how many know you know, I, I, you know, I, she had to say yes at some point. Come on, this is deep. How many know? She had to say yes at some point. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Jesus, yeah. It's only when Georgie says yes that he can draw near to us. Because he can't do both. He can't do Georgie and him. He can only do him. Georgie has to do Georgie. Does this make sense? But if you will, if you will, if you will open the door, he'll draw close to you. Two days later, I still have no solution to this problem. No solution whatsoever. And God speaks to me in the morning and he says, sometimes God, it just will be a feeling. I just felt peace. Man, how much, how valuable is that worth? You know, people without spending that time with God, they're all like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was like, I don't, you said, Pastor, what was the answer? I don't know the answer. How come you're so full of peace? Because God filled me with peace in the morning. The Bible says, perfect peace does he give to those who set their minds on him. See, so, so many of you are worried about things that you shouldn't ever even be worried about. How many know God will go before you? You're so, and, and watch this. By the end of the week, Tamara, by the end of the week, was everything taken care of? Oh, man. I, 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 went, I went into the room that was absolutely chaotic the week before. I'm like, man, this looks good. But here's the crazy thing. But I wasn't crazy worried about it during the whole week. Why? Because I had the God of peace that was willing to speak to me. And I was willing to let him minister to me. Amen. See, if you won't give God time, he can't minister to you. Because you can't hear him. Is this, shake your head like this, is this making sense? Everyone gets one of these. For every day in January, I want you to fill this up. I want you to open this up. And when it says, today God said, I want you to buy, by faith, by faith, have your pen, pray for 10 minutes, and then 10 minutes, allow God to speak to you and write it down. In one month, I'm telling you what, you will. When I, when I was a sophomore, I had, I had, I had three friends, three friends in high school. You never knew, uh, you never knew one of my friends. Oh, my goodness. Luis Martinez. Luis Martinez was, his parents were from, from Cuba. His dad was a, uh, a uh, Salvation Army minister. This guy was a fireball, a fireball. And uh, he, and he had two other cousins. They were all just, oh, my goodness. God help me. But they took me skiing, and I loved, oh, man, we had such a great time. Just, just such a great time. Well, two weeks later, three weeks later, they were going skiing again. They asked me if I wanted to go skiing. I'm like, yeah. Had to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to be ready to go. We left at 4.30 because we wanted to hit the slopes as soon as they opened. 
right? Had my lunch already, boom, 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 boom. Okay, the week before, it's Monday, and it's time to go to school. And I hate getting up. Hate it. Somebody say hate it. getting up. Can I recognize two weeks later, I'm all excited at four o'clock in the morning to go skiing. I recognize I don't hate getting up. I hate school. Do you understand the difference? Wasn't getting up. Getting up wasn't the problem. When God started to speak to me and say, hey, Drew, you've got to start to have a daily relationship with me. True story. I hated getting up. And I barely got up and I would fall back asleep. And then you know my story. The Holy Spirit reminded me, go outside where it's cold because you need to stay awake. And I got outside and I'm not, not because I wasn't happy about going outside. I was just obedient. But then I started speaking to God and God started speaking to me and we started developing a relationship. Can I tell you what? I get up every single morning and most of those mornings I get up very early and it's not hard for me to get up out of bed. Can I tell you what? Because I love God like I love skiing. Do you understand? And that's really not a good comparison because I love God so much more than skiing. But what I'm saying is, what I'm telling you is, I don't, listen, I don't care. I mean, I hope you have a good attitude to pray for 20 minutes, but just trust me. Trust your pastor. Whether you feel like it or not, give God 20 minutes. And what will happen in a short period of time is, trust me, trust me, some point in time in January, you'll get up, it'll be early, and you'll go, I don't have to get up. I want to get up. Because God is going to minister to you. And when God himself ministers to you, there ain't no slope in Big Bear better than that. How many hear what God is saying? Many would raise their hand and say, God, Pastor, God is speaking to me. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Father, I thank you for every hand that's up. I pray for every person that can hear me today in this sanctuary that their life is going to be revolutionized because of 20 minutes that they're willing to open up their heart to you. We're going to go from corporate encounters to daily personal encounters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Tamara. What's up? Journals. All right, we're ready? Okay, so the journals are ready. I do have one more thing to let you know. Everybody say the journals are free. Okay, they're absolutely free, no strings attached. So I want to make sure we're perfectly clear. No strings attached. Having said that, we have connection cards. It, it's not like this. You give us a connection card and we'll give you a journal. I don't want anybody. We're going to give you a journal. It don't make any difference. But we have some people. It's the beginning of the year. We're going to do this next week too. But we have so many people that we love you, but we don't know you well enough. Does that make sense? You're not connected enough to us. And we're asking that today you fill out a connection card at the beginning of the year and connect with us. What are we going to do with this information? We don't sell it to Google or any of that, okay? Uh, but here's what we will do. We will use this to send you information telling you about what we're going to have for lunch next week what we're going to have on Wednesday. So we'll send you an email. And we'll also, sometimes we'll send you an encouraging text, an encouraging uh, email, something to just tell you, uh, something that God just has laid on my heart that I want to share with you. Does that make sense? I can't do that without this information. Now let me say this. <clears throat> I don't say this in a negative way, but if you don't want to connect with us, we get it. This is only for people that want to connect with us. I'm hoping that's you and I'm thinking that's you. Here's what I believe. I know that God is calling so many people to this church. We are going to see, listen to me, listen to me. We're going to see supernatural growth in this church next year. We've already seen some amazing supernatural growth. You know what? Look at how full the second service is. 
You know what I mean? And the first service was, was nearly packed. You know what I mean? So we thank God for it. But God has given us plans and directions as far as where we're growing, what we're doing. The reason why we're going to take all the, all the North Sanctuary to do a kid's room, it, the whole thing is going to be a kid's learning center, you know, a kid's fun zone. You know why? Because we're going to need, we are going to have over, well over 100 kids that come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Not like 50 on Sunday and 50 on Wednesday. There's going to be, listen, it's one of the calling. Kids and youth aren't secondary, they're primary. And let me tell you about the kids' ministry at this church. We are not raising up kids to do color pages. We are raising up tongue-talking, Pentecostal, loving Jesus, Born again, love Jesus, dancing around, praising God. That is the armament. That is the calling. That is the, and get with it because don't let these little kids out praise you. I'm serious, guys. I'm just saying. I'm looking for people to connect and understand the movement of God that he's going to do right here in this place. So grab it, fill it out, 